The following announcement is being brought to you courtesy of a generous donation to Extra Life by Tyler from the Casual Master Quest podcast. It's that time of year again when the ghouls and ghosts come out to play, when the vampires awake for a bite to eat, and the wolves howl at the moon. But you want to know what's really terrifying? Being uninformed. Halloween, a time for many when you can escape your day-to-day life, put on a mask or a costume, and you get to play make-believe. No one really knows who you are behind the mask, what you do for a living, what your beliefs are, so on and so forth. However, for some, it can truly be a freeing event when you can be who you really are on the inside and hopefully do it without being judged. So in this message, we want to make our listeners aware of trick-or-treaters carrying a blue pumpkin and what they may really be challenged with. You see, a blue Halloween bucket has become an unofficial symbol of awareness for autism. If you see a trick-or-treater holding a blue pumpkin at your doorstep, it could mean that the person is autistic. But for those carrying that blue bucket, it can serve as a subtle way to let informed folks know that despite their physical appearance, whether they're you know, mid to late 20s, but they can still celebrate Halloween with the spirit of an 8-year-old. Maybe the person is nonverbal and cannot communicate, trick-or-treat, or even sometimes a thank you. Perhaps wearing a mask gives them crippling anxiety so they're not in a full costume, so on and so forth. These folks deserve the right to celebrate Halloween without being judged for how they may act or how others may perceive them. So we want to make sure as many people as possible aware that the blue bucket may actually mean something more than, hey, this might be their favorite color. Personally, this sits very close to my heart. My sister was diagnosed with autism close to 25 years ago. I personally have seen the looks from strangers or other parents when she was younger, judging, you know, not knowing what me and my family were going through. But man, when Halloween hits, she absolutely loved it. Every year, she uh, dresses up in a very elaborate costume. You know, each year it's got to be something different. A lot of times she comes up with it herself. And yes, she still goes trick-or-treating sometimes too. Uh, to this day and the more people that can understand what's going on gives parents and the family the rare opportunity of seeing someone who has trouble expressing emotions sometimes with joy and a smile on their face so thank you again tyler and the casual master quest podcast for their donation and using it to spread awareness for a worthy cause thank you It is I, Dat Ninja Dev, your host, as always, and joined by me today, as always, is Mr. Delvin Cox, all the way from Florida himself. How you doing today? More fire! Blum, blum! <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing good, brother. I see we're hyped this morning. I'm always hyped. <laughs> That's what's up. You gotta keep it live. You keep it live for the podcast. That's what's crap. Definitely, definitely. Also, as always, joining me from the great white north is Miss Heather Nicole Miller. How are you this morning? Tired. I've been awake since 3 a.m. and I don't have a reason as to why. 
Jeez, that is that is midnight my time. That is a long time to be awake before doing anything as far as I'm concerned. But hey, more power to you. Hopefully you got some gaming in maybe that early. Uh, I took a shower and then had to deal with the PlayStation Network being down and Ooh. not being able to uh, play anything. So Or even watch YouTube because that's a fun thing to learn. Dang, that sucks. Yeah. Can't Oof. verify the licenses. Can't use Netflix, YouTube. You can't even use the Blu-ray player. Oh wow. Huh. That sucks. You would think I there'd mean, be an offline well, though, for at least a Blu-ray player. Uh, I mean there is, except I do something I'm not supposed to do. So <laughs> I, it's my own fault. Um, I, I, as as we all know in the Discord, um, you know, Donnie and Josh do their thing. I do it with my buddy Stone. So mm-hmm. very cool, yeah, very cool. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. yeah, I would do that, but I have two PlayStations, so. So yeah. you saying this on the podcast? <laughs> you don't want the yeah. fans knocking and doing us. <laughs> eh, it is what it is. You can game. It's not illegal. It's, it's not illegal. It, yeah. it is against terms of service, though. <laughs> I remember so. on PS3, you could do up to five. That was that was yep. glorious. And now you can do one. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right. Well, let's just jump right into things. We'll start with uh, me. What have I been up to? Game wise, what's been going on? Um, for me, it's been just you know, Destiny, Destiny, Destiny. Uh, I really wanted to pick up Call of Duty this weekend uh, from Redbox, but just didn't get around to it. Just had a really busy weekend uh, with uh, the kids, and I've been helping my wife with like a lot of the grading for her homework or whatnot for her classes she teaches. So my my game time has been very very limited this week and this weekend. Um, so just been playing a lot of Destiny, trying to catch up because the seasonal content actually does expire. So if you don't get into it while it's here, you will not be able to accomplish some of the stuff. So they kind of have this uh, you had to be there type of thing going on with some of the, the, the triumphs or whatnot. So I'm just trying to knock those out before they go away in December. So, so they've got you in a vice group, essentially, like, hey, don't go play other games. Only play ours. Pretty much, especially with how grindy a lot of the stuff is. But I'm OK with that because I really enjoy playing Destiny and don't have time to play anything else right now. So it all works out for me. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Haley? What have you What have you been playing this week? What have you been getting uh, into? Well, I reached level forty two in uh, the new season of Fortnite's Battle Pass. Wow. Um, and that was just in the lead up to uh, to the Outer Worlds, which came out Friday. I've got about five or six hours in it. Um, it's pretty good. Um, I was a big fan of Fallout New Vegas, and it's by Obsidian, of course. Um. And my god, it literally just feels like I'm playing New Vegas 2. Like, nice. New Vegas, Electric Boogaloo. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then, um, so, I do have to say the text size in the game is a little small. Um, I, I do need glasses. Don't have them. Um, <laughs> I can usually read most fonts in games on my screen no problem at all even without glasses i am squinting trying to read this dialogue now i do need to preface i wouldn't consider us close friends but i am friends with the communications manager at obsidian Mm -hmm. so what i'm about to say take with a grain of salt if you must because that's fair right don't uh don't want to, you know, 
be influencing anyone. Um, I'm really enjoying this game, uh, aside from the text issues, which they've stated they're trying to, um, they're trying to fix. Um, the, the dialogue just, it feels like classic Fallout. And I don't mean like Fallout 1 or 2, because I never played those. But like Fallout 3, Fallout New Vegas, like the dialogue options that, and I won't go into like spoilers here, but there's a man you meet in the first like five minutes of the game after like all you character creator and all that. And essentially, like, you have the option to just straight up, like, sass him while he's asking for medical help. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, five minutes later, you meet another person who goes, Oh, you're not part of our, like, employee shit. You shouldn't have helped him. And then, like, you can just straight up, like, either get him in trouble or whatnot. It just, it's so good. The gunplay feels really good. Um... I wouldn't say it's like Destiny levels of good, but it, the gunplay in Fallout 4 was vastly improved, and mm -hmm. uh, from Fallout 3 in New Vegas, um, and I would say this is even better than Fallout 4, um, just gunplay wise. Nice. I would, I would also say that the the companions actually feel meaningful, um, and they react. Not in real time, because, like, it's not, like, a real-time strategy game. Like, they'll react to things you do. Um, I haven't personally done this, but the first companion you can meet, uh, provided you follow the, like, direction that you go, uh, essentially, you could kill the character that introduces you to the companion in front of that companion, and then just feign ignorance and watch the reactions <laughs> just go wild. Um... I actually, just before we started recording today, uh, managed to tell a man to, this is a family-friendly show, so I'm not going to say what I actually said, to uh, get his blank, blank, blank off of my ship before I end him. And his reaction was to cower and go, right, let me get right on that. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, so really enjoying it. Um, unfortunately, I had to work yesterday, so I didn't get much time to put into it today. Uh, yesterday and today I only got to put in about, I'd say, maybe an hour before we started recording. So. Nice. Yeah, I definitely just, from everything I've heard, is it's definitely a game I, I want to play at some point. Um, I'll probably end up just resubbing the Game Pass at some point and getting that download for for, for the PC or whatnot, but everything I've heard about this game has been nothing, nothing but good stuff, and it doesn't seem like it's a super long game, but because it's like Fallout has a lot of replayability because you can mm -hmm. do so much with the story as far as decisions and how they can influence and change the game and change the experience, so it seems like this is going to be one that people are going to be playing for a while, talking about for a while. I should also mention there are actual moral choices you need to make. Nice. Cool. Like, Again, I don't want to spoil for anybody who's interested in picking this up, but there's... I'm not going to say what it is, but there's a choice you have to make um, along the main quest line, like, literally on the first, like, place you are. Mm -hmm. And, man, did I have to put the controller down and think about it. That's I got, of, I got a couple of questions about it. I want to know, is this a game, if you own a PS4, you should be buying? Or is this a game yeah. that you should just rather... Game Pass, if you have both systems or something like that, is this something that you say? Because I know a lot of people, they have they have Game Pass, so they don't purchase the game, so it may not do as well. 
because of that. Let, let me put it to you this way. I have Game Pass Ultimate. Uh, as everybody knows, I have both consoles. Uh, I do not have the Switch because I'm about to make Donnie angry. But Nintendo games just don't do it for me. Um, <laughs> sorry, Donnie. He'll be out. He'll survive. Um, but I do have the Xbox One and the PlayStation 4. I have Game Pass Ultimate. Uh, I chose to buy this game. I uh, I love Obsidian's work. Uh, I, I loved Pillars of Eternity. Uh, having had a chance to play Pillars of Eternity 2, because it's not on console, uh, and I only got my gaming PC a while ago, so I just haven't picked it up. Um, I chose to buy it to support the developers, but even the developers have said, even if people aren't buying it, the fact that people are playing it is what matters. And don't forget, like, this might be Obsidian's last PS4 game because they are now owned by Xbox. Um, so they're just happy that people are playing it. Um, I actually saw a, ch- a tweet from Andrew... I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but I believe he works at Game Informer. Andrew Ryder, I think, goes, it seems that Outer Worlds is the game that everyone is playing on on Game Pass and not buying. That's and just what I want to talk about. And the communications director, who I happen to be friends with, uh, just goes, I'm totally fine with that. Like, that was his response on Twitter. Yeah, that's the thing I want to talk about because I know Gears of War had a a similar situation where I think at one point they were saying over 3 million people was playing Gears of War, but only like like 300,000 had actually purchased the game. And I think it, it makes me wonder, can these games make a profit like that if everybody's just playing it on Game Pass? I understand this, these are technically Microsoft exclusives now, so the, I, yeah. I guess Microsoft keeps them afloat. But how can you really gauge how well these games are doing if it's kind of skewed because, well, I don't have to buy Gears 5. I can just buy the mm-hmm. Game Pass and play it like that. And I think that's kind of one of the bigger problems I think we're going to see coming in the next generation when you have these companies that are, yeah, are making these games. And, with the, their subscription service deals, right? Yeah. And yeah, look. I just want to put this out there as well because uh, I know Collins mentioned on Sacred Symbols that he thinks Control bombed, and I'm going to say it did not. Because, remember, there was a deal for Epic exclusivity. It's not on Steam. It's only on the Epic Game Store on PC. We don't know how much Epic paid them. Now, that game did not chart on MPD. That's fine. Um, But whatever money Epic may have given them allows them to stay afloat. Now, they've mentioned there's two DLC packs coming for that game, which means support is still ongoing for the game. If the game had bombed, I think they would have just walked away from it. Which is the same situation I can see with the Outer Worlds here, right? It may not chart because it's on Game Pass, um, but as long as people are playing it, I'm sure support will come for it, whether that entails expansion passes or not, right? Yeah. yeah, I think that's a conversation for another day because I think that's going to be a whole other conversation about how feasible is this process in terms of how you have these new games and essentially people are not buying them because you don't need to buy them because they're only $14.99 a month on Game Pass. You can just play it all you want to. Yeah, until at some point if Microsoft releases like some kind of sales figures on how the Game Pass models work, how um, the developers um get some kind of kickback from the game pass model 
we we're just not gonna know. And so far, like we haven't heard anything negative about. Yeah, I wish my game wasn't on Game Pass or part of that service or anything like that. So I gotta assume that whatever it is has been working for the different uh, published the different developers or whatnot. So it seems like they're happy with it with their game being there and it getting um, that kind of love. And again, like you gotta remember, Microsoft is still you know the minority when it comes to how many consoles are out there so anybody who's who has a playstation and not an xbox if they want to play this they gotta buy it so you're still making probably a really good amount of sales just based on the amount of playstations there are are in the wild and then you still have all these people playing it on on game pass who are speaking its praises which then you know gets that playstation guy like oh maybe i should get this and they go out and buy it that makes sense so so what about you Devin? What, what have you been playing what have you been up to Alright, last week I told you guys I was going to play some games mm-hmm. so I could talk about them today, and I did just that. I'll start with the first one, WWE 2K20. Oh, man. Oh, you mean the broken game that's uh, the electric spaghetti wire rings? <laughs> I, I will say this. The first time I played it, I played it for like an hour and it didn't have pretty little to no issues. I did mm-hmm. have like some of the character models are completely ugly. But it doesn't look as bad as it looked in the gifts and stuff you see people putting out there. But some of them you can tell are either rushed or they weren't scanned correctly or they just kind of made it from scrap. But for the most part, it plays, I think kind of, my biggest problem is that they tried to dumb it down some so it doesn't play as fluid as the other WWE 2K games does. Didn't they and, switch developers like halfway through development on this? Like, for, yes. like yeah. The, 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 the original developer who developed most of the WWE games, Yukes, um, apparently left the left the fold, so they got somebody else to do it, mm-hmm. and it doesn't feel as crisp. And I think it, it this also goes. I think the same thing kind of happened with Two K Twenty, in terms of when Two K Twenty came out, it was a lot of glitches in that game, and a lot of problems. People complaining about it. And I think it's starting to show that maybe these Two K Sports games need to kind of take a step back and refix their engines hmm. because they're having a lot of problems especially day one glitches and stuff like that it's becoming too much of a problem when this is happening when games are coming out straight up broken no bueno yeah definitely okay the second game I played Concrete Genie I played a little bit of that and I will say it is a beautiful game like this game looks like Coraline I love the movie Coraline. So that's a good movie, yeah. So just seeing how beautiful it is, and it moves. The movement part, in terms of like when you're in the actual world, is pretty solid. I'm a little bit iffy with the um, the painted mechanic when you use the controller, but overall, so far I'm liking it. It's a nice looking game. It's a nice, fun platformer so far, and I enjoy the story of it. And I, it like I said, it's a beautiful world, so it's pretty cool. I want to get more into exploring that one. Isn't there an option in the settings for Concrete Genie to turn the motion control off? Yes, I haven't tried that yet. And it's also, they say it's best if you play it with the move controllers, but I haven't even tried that yet either because I don't want to go through that hassle of setting those things back up. (laughs) I don't think I've ever owned a pair of move controllers. Well, I have to because of the PlayStation VR. Yeah. Most of the games are basically are useless without it. (laughs) So you haven't played this one? Isn't this one in VR? Can you play it in VR? No, yeah, there you can. V- I haven't played it in VR yet. Okay. Yeah, yeah. There is a VR mode, but it costs an extra ten bucks. I'm pretty sure. Nope. Like, so it's, it's it comes with it. 
It's, did it comes with did the you buy version? Oh, okay. Because there's the there's the they give version. You extra stuff with the thirty nine ninety nine version. Okay. That's what the whole difference. They give you like extra DLC stuff and things like that. Now I think that's I, the confusion with it because when I went to GameStop the other day, it actually says on the twenty nine ninety nine box VR mode included. Hmm. So, so I think people I, uh, get confused with that. I will say again, everybody knows I'm the Shrope Hunter among us. Uh, I will say it is pretty cool that they kept the VR trophy separate on the main list. Yes, I agree with that too. That's cool. And the final game I played this week, which is the big one. Mm, the big one. All right. Yeah, I played Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Nice. You, you can't see it right now, but I'm shaking my head. <laughs> the big one. Why, why are you shaking your head? It's uh, Call of Duty is not. In video games. Call of Duty is not the big one. It is this weekend. It is not the big one in general, though. I'm in terms I of sales? You mean the sales that have been declining year over year for, what, eight years now? They well, have, but happen. it's still that's probably going to be the best-selling game this year more than likely. It would not shock me at all. Is Especially it, with is it, it being like returned. NBA 2K20, the best-selling game of the year right now? They, they always uh, that always happens. Yeah, it, every year. I think last year the same thing happened with uh, Wild. Was it Wildlands? Mm-hmm. No, Wildlands it, came out two years ago. Okay, two years ago when Wildlands came out, it was the best-selling game the whole year until Call of Duty dropped. Yep, and that's I mean, how it's always been. You can have all your issues and qualms with Call of Duty as much as you want. But oh, it's, I don't. It's I don't a, have any issues with Call of Duty. I'm just like. It's just the same game with different maps. Yeah, the campaign is a different story or a last, continuation. Last year of the there story. wasn't a story. There was no story for Black Ops Four. This is true. They did kind of throw in some little weird mode, but again, people just love Call of Duty. It's just a fun game to jump into and shoot some stuff. And the campaigns for the Modern Warfare series have always been really, really good and enjoyable. And yeah, I mean, it's not everybody's cup of tea, but it's a lot of people's, so it has it does get my respect as far as the game. I will talk a lot of trash about all the Call of Duty bros or whatnot, um, but it's a game that people just love. So I, It's I funny, though, because oh. I'm, I'm playing the campaign now, and the campaign mm-hmm. so far is excellent. It's a darker take on the game. It kind of harkens back to, what, is Modern Warfare 1? Mm-hmm. You know, no Russian mission and stuff like that. They got stuff kind of like that in there. Isn't, it's more no, is, isn't isn't no Russian Modern Warfare two because that's the airport level, right? Yeah, yeah, I think it's two. Yeah, that's Modern Warfare two because I'm pretty sure it's the starting like where everyone just fire open opens fire in in the airport even though you don't have to do that. Like you, there's no objective to fire your gun in the middle of the airport, but everybody does it anyways. Because well, I'll say this. This game has scenes similar to that that fits the story so well and it's almost shocking. Like, I don't want to give away too much of the story. Yeah. But there are scenes that are downright disturbing. Mm-hmm. And it's cool because it fits the narrative of the story. And it gives you the real reality of how war is in terms of today, like in other countries and things like that and how the atrocities that happen. I think it's really cool to see it in a video game format. I know people are going to talk about, oh, well, we should, should we be playing this and glorifying this and stuff like that? And I've always been the type of person that 
thinks it's important for people to see those type of things in media and things like that because it lets you, helps you understand what some people go through. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I think I don't look at this as glorifying anything. It's just giving you a a look into what it's like when you're on the battlefield, when you're there and like dealing with a conflict in some other country or whatnot. We don't get to, we don't have to see or make any of the decisions like the snap six sex snap decisions that, you know, our military does. And I think that, you know, for them to put some of that kind of stuff in the game, in the narrative, so you can just get just a small glimpse of what it may be like being on, you know, the ground floor of some some conflict. I think that's excellent. Yeah, and I think I, w- I would like to see more of this in video games, in terms of games like this. If you're going to do a serious take on war games, I would like to see the consequences of it sometimes. I'd like to see the effects it have on people. Mm-hmm. And just in the environment, I think Call of Duty so far have I played is kind of nailing that atmosphere and nailing that hey, these wars and these things have consequences to it. And I think that's pretty cool, and I commend them on doing that. Well, you don't want to you don't want a weapon to surpass Metal Gear. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's room for both. I think there's room for yeah. the silly Metal Gear I, aspect I sh- of video I, games. I, I, sh- I should put 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 this out there. I have never played. Any Metal Gear Solid game, just that line kills me every time I hear it. A weapon <laughs> to surpass Metal Gear. <laughs> oh, man. It reminds me of, like, Spec Ops the line and how controversial. Never played that, that either. Was. Great game. Yeah. It was, was uh, it was on PS Plus after I got my PS4, and I was just like, all right, well, I'm not turning my PS3 back on, so. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you're enjoying uh, your foray into uh, Modern Warfare and Concrete Genie. And I hope to hear a little bit more about that maybe next week when you finish the campaign. Definitely, definitely. I think that's going to be something we're going to talk about. I, I like where it's going so far. And this is a small disclaimer. One of my friends actually worked on the game. Oh, nice. And he told me that, hey, the campaign is sick. He said, I know you're not a multiplayer guy. But this year's campaign is good, and you should play it. So I kind of do it to expect a little bit. I should point out, I I know how the campaign ends. I'm not saying anything because a dev wants to play it, and b yes. I don't. I'm not that person. Why would I go and spoil a game's ending for you? Yes, um, don't do that, please. <laughs> I not planning on it. You, you can trust me on that one. Uh, I do know how it ends. It's very cool. Is all I have to say. Cool. Happy yeah. to hear that. I'm definitely going to pick it up at some point, hopefully in the near, near future, but we'll see how that goes. I'll probably end up picking it up at some point, just probably around Black Friday. Yeah. Are you finally getting into the the multiplayer at all, Delvin? If I have somebody to play with, I'll try a little bit of it. I'm not a multiplayer Uh, guy, but I'll try a little bit just to see I tried it. I'll play a little bit if I get it. I'll probably pick it up on Black Friday because I actually get paid on Black Friday this year. Nice. Yeah, one of my co-workers, he's a huge Call of Duty fan. As soon as he unboxed it, he sent me a picture of the uh, night vision goggles because he got that version. Um, and so did uh, Coach Mo. He uh, he also got the, the, the Super Edition. It was like, oh, my God, it's got night vision goggles. I was I like, think, yep. I think my favorite thing was him in the Discord going, it's got night vision goggles. What do I yeah. do with these? I already have a pair of these. Yeah, I still have mine <laughs> from Modern Warfare 2. But, uh, you know, sometimes you got to throw in the night vision goggles and go outside and uh, see what you can see. Yeah. 
Awesome. All right. So moving right along, let's go ahead and get into our questions. Questions, questions, questions. So we've only got one. Yeah. That's fine. This is <laughs> this is going to be a hefty question. And it ties right into like our, our first news story. So Kevin Austin over on Discord asks, is there any way Bethesda can fix Fallout 76 so that even the diehard fans such as himself can enjoy it? Hi, nope, diehard, di- <laughs> diehard Fallout fan here. No, kill it. Kill it. Just toss it in the trash and burn it. Like, no. End it. And I say this as somebody who has Fallout 76 literally installed on their console and just hasn't deleted it. Because I was waiting to jump back in with that Wastelanders update that they pushed back to release their garbage uh, subscription service for... Hold on. Now I, Let's let, him, let, let Dev get into that part of it so we can just wrap this all up in one big combo <laughs> because this is going to yeah. be a lot. <laughs> so in case you didn't know... Bethesda went ahead and released um, what they call Fallout First. It's a monthly or annual subscription to Fallout 76. Um, yeah. This is highly controversial. Um, it's $12. What is it? $12.99 a month or $100 a year. And or that gets if you you're a, in Canada. Well, if you're in Canada, it, I'm sure it's a lot more. If you're in Canada, it's $17.99 a month. <laughs> or $133 a year. Well, I guess that's cheaper than Australia, because Australia is 23 and 180 Yikes! <laughs> so, this Australia is getting raked over the coals there. I feel like they always do. And they have to deal with all the, 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 the actual world trying to kill them all the time. So they're just, And they have those spiders. Yeah. Oh, man. Don't start let's, me on the spiders. Let, don't nope, start me on nope, spiders. Don't leave the spiders out of this huge arachnophobe like here. Hey, no, leave the spiders out of it. Huge <laughs> arachnophobe here. Stop. Yeah. End it right there. No. So what you get with this subscription is a private world for yourself and up to seven friends. A scrap so box private. with unlimited storage or crafting materials, which apparently is also broken and deleting people's scrap. <laughs> um, a survival oh. tent that acts as a placeable uh, fast travel point. Uh, sixteen hundred and fifty atoms per month for the game Ooh, shop. Wow, sixteen dollars worth of microtransaction credit. <laughs> Some exclusive armor, um, and unique icons and emotes or whatnot. Um. So yeah, it basically gives you this private world that you can kind of create, um, for you and a couple of your friends to play in or whatnot. Uh, it's it. <sighs> Kevin loved, really enjoyed Fallout 76, as I'm sure there are a lot of people who actually enjoy this travesty of a game. And I think, huh? Coach Mo does. He told me. Coach Mo does. Yeah. As soon as I, I was talking about, he was like, "Hey, I love that game." Yeah, I've, I've I've talked to a lot of people who really really enjoy this game, and I think for the people who truly truly enjoy this game, this subscription may be something that they would enjoy because you not only do you get to play in, in the world of Fallout 76 you get to have your own private instance where you can create and do things you want to do and then bring your friends and it's almost like being a dungeon master and then having a campaign set up for your friends like a D&D campaign so while as controversial as it is and how 
angry players of Fallout 76 are because there's already so many things that are busted or not working with the game as intended. For them to come out with this subscription seems like a slap in the face to most. There are people who are going to really enjoy this and be like, yeah, I'm going to do that. So There are people who have already bought it. Yeah. And they've already reported that your private world, not so private. People are still joining your private world without invites. All they got to do is be on your friends list. So for with someone with a huge friend list, uh, not myself, but like I'm just going to use an example here. Obviously, he's not going to play this game because he has called it a trash fire. Uh, Colin Moriarty, I'm pretty sure his PlayStation friends list is maxed out. Anybody on his friends list, if he decided to partake in this, would be able to join him instantly right now. And that's not a private instance. You well, should only be able to join if you are invited. And well, it players... wouldn't be a Bethesda game if it didn't have bugs, right? Oh yeah, like like hey, you're paying you're paying for this nice box that's gonna hold all your scrap, which I might add is a feature people were asking for from the beginning of the game, like since it's the only thing you lose when you die, so people don't want to be carrying their junk around with them all the time, right? Uh, this was a feature players have been asking for since launch. What do they do? They lock it behind a subscription service. A subscription service, I might add, that they did not bother to lock down the website for, so an angry fan bought the domain and turned it into a website that, considering this is a family-friendly show, I can't repeat part of, but let's just say it takes Bethesda's idea, runs with it, but in a very angry way, and it's absolutely hilarious. Um... Bethesda, how do you launch a service and not secure the website for it? Like, come on. But, as as Bethesda tradition dictates, that scrap box that's supposed to hold all your scrap, it's not holding your scrap, it's just deleting it from existence, and you're never getting it back. How, how, do, you, how do you do this? Oh, I have a lot to say about this, and... It all boils down to one thing, to make it long story short, is the fact that it almost feels insulting to people who stuck around with this game from the beginning when it was completely broken to now, and then add on the fact that they delayed some DLC to put in, even delayed some DLC and then made enough, oh, but we're going to put this out. We're going to charge you $100 per year for some stuff that probably should have been in the game in the first place. And the private service thing I think is cool, but as you said before, it's broken. And then add on to that, it's so much stuff wrong with this whole issue in terms of the optics of it. It kind of looks almost predatory, like, hey, you guys who've been fans of us for a long time, give us a hundred more dollars. It's cool. And the stuff may or may not work, but we just want more of your money. And then, it's just, it's just a weird thing to do. And plus, it doesn't build any goodwill towards them. And at this point in time, they need that goodwill. And I feel like it's so much stuff that's wrong with this whole situation. That's It's insane that they <laughs> goofed this up this badly. Now, do I think Bethesda can bounce back from this game, Fallout 76? Yeah, because I've seen worse. No Man's Sky was a complete disaster. People killed that game when it first came out. And now people love the game. And... Same thing with the final, what it was, Final Fantasy 14. 14. 14. Mm-hmm. That was a disaster. I think 
the whole messaging behind this game was completely off and wrong, and it just shows that I don't even know how you how you mess up this bad. And then you look at the price of it; it's a hundred dollars a year. Game Pass is even even that much. You can get Game Pass way cheaper and play arguably better games in terms of the Outer Worlds and Fallout New Vegas on Game Pass. While that may be true, I wouldn't compare this to something like Game Pass. I'd compare it more to an MMO subscription, which it still falls very, very short of. But I think what they originally... I think this was probably the original vision they had for Fallout 76 was some kind of uh, ever-evolving world that had a subscription that had all these kind of things that had these different changes to the world and i think that while it has been a complete disaster i think it's just their first foray into something like this and again much like a no man's sky or any other game final fantasy 7 that get, or final fantasy 14 sorry that comes out the gate completely messed up and has all these kind of stumbles along the way. I think this is just yet another one of those things where it's going to be a stumbling block into something that could be better, that will get improved upon, especially with the fact that there are there are people that really enjoy this game. Okay, I have a question for both of you guys. Yeah. I, have, I, I just thought about this. What is the way they could have brought this news out that could have pleased everybody? How can they have fixed this and made this Better. How can they have fixed this whole situation? Zilch. They couldn't have done anything, especially after having delayed Wastelanders. There's no way this news was going to be taken lightly. And I say this as somebody who's like, I'm not even angry that they decided to put private servers behind a paywall. Like, I get that. Those cost money. That's that's fine. That's not what I'm angry about. They're locking key features of their game that players have been asking for since launch behind a paywall. That's what I'm upset about. I don't care about the private server aspect of this. That's fine. You want a private world, I get that that costs money. However, you're going to lock a box to put all your scrap in that players have been asking for since the inception of this game and its launch, which I might add, the game was still very broken at launch and is still very broken to this day. Now, they have fixed stuff, yes, but it is still broken. I tried to play it a couple weeks ago, and enemies are still glitching out, not responding until you're like right in front of them, which anybody who's played any Fallout games knows that enemies are almost as perceptive as your character is, so if you've got like a high perception stat, they're going to know you're coming. And they're still broken. But that's fine. They even locked the Ranger outfit from New Vegas behind this paywall. Like, Just because you're asking for a feature does not mean the developer has to give it to you like That's this true. again this is something like we say that it's locked behind a paywall that could have always yeah. been the plan so just because a community is asking for something does not mean the developer has to deliver on that in the way that the community is asking for like this is their game this is their vision for the game while yes a lot of times you do take feedback from the community as to what they want and help shape the game if this is something that they had always planned or they wanted to do in this way to enable them to actually continue to work on the game and add features to the game i'm not really mad at them for creating like another tier i think it's a slap in the face to people who love the game and just want to play it if this wasn't something that was announced at launch as part of the original game, 
then yeah, that's terrible to be like, well, this was something that we said was going to be in the game, and now we're putting it behind this paid tier. But if it was never announced as a feature, then if it's behind a different tier, this is just a different subsection of the game. So I don't have any issue with that. As far as them being able to launch this in any any positive light, I don't think that would have been possible for anybody who was already upset with the game. I, I have some thoughts on it. And this is an interesting take I just thought about. Why not make it free to play? They won't why, do that. Why not just come out and say, you know what? Everything that went with this game, from, from this point on, yeah, we're going to have this $99 prescription, subscription. We're going to make Fallout 76 free to play. They so can't do that. So anybody can just come on it and just start playing it to a certain point. You can play it as much as you want to, but you're going to have add-ons and certain things like that you can purchase because at this point, how much money can they really be making off of it? At some yeah. point in time, we've seen it for like $12 on sale. Yeah, but they can't make it free to play because then they're going to run into the issue that most games that decide to go free to play run into. Now, Destiny is a different story. As people know, Destiny Destiny 2's year one content is now free to play. That is totally okay. But people were upset. People were like, well, I bought it at launch. How come I'm not getting a refund because the game is going free to play? They're going to run into that same issue tenfold. Here's a problem with that, with that whole idea of why don't I get a refund I bought it at lunch you bought it at launch that was years yeah. ago yeah. like that's your premium. things yeah. get cheaper over time things yeah. do you complain when a game goes to PS plus when you bought it like no. that's something that happens so if the game goes free to play you still had the time that you put in you had your hours with the game so therefore like if it goes free to play or it goes cheaper like we can't get into this that's a slippery slope where if any time a game gets discounted and we bought it at full price do we then complain and ask for a refund i think going free to play would actually be a great solution for them to be able to say okay the game is now free to play and then we have the subscription tier i think that probably would be the best way to flip it especially when the game can be found for so cheap as it is or free with so many bucks. I found the game for $4 the other day. Yeah, so I think that actually probably would be a great model and a great way to probably get more people into seeing just what the heck the game is and how bad is it really, you know? I I, I will say, with the way that this is going, I am drastically nervous for Starfield and the Elder Scrolls 6. Not me. I'll tell you why. Because after all this hubbub that's going on about this, they are not going to screw up those games. They're going to make sure we get everything right on those games because this is a disaster. And I don't think they, I think they had made that announcement because they had to. Because that was something they had planned off and they could change the plans for that at that time. But they would not be doing this again. (laughs) Can can I point out, we say that, but they launched Fallout 4 in the same year as The Witcher 3. And then we're upset when they didn't win Game of the Year awards, and The Witcher 3 did. Maybe Bethesda, it's because the writing in The Witcher 3 was 10 times better than the writing in Fallout 4. You mean all the dialogue options in Fallout 4 are yes, sarcastic yes, yes, but later, and no? Hmm. Maybe that's not a great way to write a game. Yeah, and when they come out in the same year, you can do that. But when you have this stumbling block to build upon it's possible for them to like really be like, okay, that didn't work. We can take that as a learning experience and uh, make sure that we don't 
fall into the that, same that trap is, with the Starfield and the Elder Scrolls. Yes. So I, I, I think this just gives them another point of view to be able to move forward and mm-hmm. correct mistakes. I do hope. I know it'll be like ten years because that's the way it's been. It's been like an Elder Scrolls game, and then two Fallout's, and then Elder Scrolls, and now of course they're adding Starfield to the mix, which is exciting to see a new IP from Bethesda. That's fine. Um, I do hope whenever we get the next mainline Fallout entry, they go back to the non-verbal character. As mm-hmm. much as it was cool to hear the dialogue options in in gameplay in Fallout 4, which I know is not what we're talking about, we're talking about 76, but just as like a stepping point here, the non-verbal options give you way more chance to like roleplay with the character. Like To draw back to the Outer Worlds, I could literally be sarcastic and tell someone to off at the same time as asking for information. Like that's you can do stuff like that with nonverbal dialogue, which is what is <clears throat> advertised as coming in the Wastelanders update that they pushed back for seventy six. Mm. Which is why I'm hoping that Fallout Five, whenever we get it, has that instead of the verbal dialogue. Mm. Final thoughts, Delvin. Delvin, he's muted. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, my mic wouldn't cut back on. But... <laughs> Yeah, um, I just want to see them do better. Like they're gonna have to fix this eventually. And I hope anybody who's playing the game and they love the game, that's awesome. I've always been the type of person if if you love something and you enjoy it, it doesn't all the noise outside everybody else saying doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. But I hope that Bethesda does better on their fans and people that are supporting this game because if they don't, eventually, it's gonna be a situation like EA, where e- even when EA does right, people are like screw you. We don't like you. Yeah, yeah, that's so funny with EA because yeah, they have that track record of the worst company in America. Yet you know we still buy their games. We still support yeah. them. Like we still buy their games. Heck, not next week, but the week after. There may or may not be impressions of Jedi Fallen Order. Even though I'm not a Star Wars fan and have literally only ever seen Rogue One, I'm still going to buy Jedi Fallen Order. Yeah, I can't wait for that one. Star Wars. Yeah, huh? Star Wars is amazing. Yeah, just need D- to... Delvin, you've been on me for what four years now to watch to watch yes. Star Wars. Not gonna happen, man. Yeah, you need to watch some Star Wars. At least Rogue <laughs> One. Rogue One and um, I, ha- Star Wars I have actually seen, good. I have Star seen Rogue good. One. I, I love Rogue Star One. Man. Rogue One is literally the only Star Wars movie I've seen because it's written by Gary Widow. It's the episode three we deserved. Yes, it is. Also, I love that they advertise it as a Star Wars movie without lightsabers, and there's still a lightsaber in it. Yeah, towards the end. I mean, you could also say that's just episode four, cutting into episode three. You could just say that, you know. An amazing scene. (laughs) Ah, so good. So good. Okay, moving along to a a lighter note. (laughs) (laughs) So, Death Stranding. We're on the the eve of that. That game will be out real, real soon. And does more, anybody even know what that game is at this point? It's a walking sim, right? Uh, yeah, it's a Conan <laughs> O'Brien sim, apparently, because that was revealed that he's in the game this week. Also, he's wearing an otter hat for some reason. It's I'm excited for it. I'm yeah. super excited for it because I don't know anything about it. Yeah, I think it's going to be one of those games where people are going to be either completely pleasantly surprised and like this is this is awesome or they're just gonna be like what 
what is this craziness? But it's Kojima. What, 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 so. what is this craziness? It's Norman Reedus and the Funky Fetus. There you go. <laughs> so we know Kojima loves his music. Like he's a big music fan. If you follow him on Twitter, he's constantly posting, tweeting about albums that he's listening to, or just screenshots of different um, tracks that he's that he's listening to, that he's vibing to while he's creating his games or whatnot. Um, so music for him and the fact that like he wants his games to almost be viewed as cinema music is very important so he's cu- curated in the the soundtrack for um for death stranding uh and apparently it started this kind of uh this 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 thing with uh sony music where they're going to start trying to really curate the music and the soundtracks for their games creating this kind of like sony one is what they've been calling it a uh, mentality where you're gonna have sony artists um, really collaborating with the game developers to try to curate and create this this really really nice soundtrack that blends in with the game very well. Um, they want to have this synergy between their Sony Music Group and their gaming division to just make the music more memorable um, as far as the game is concerned. And I think that it's very apparent that you know music is huge in games. I myself listen to a lot of video games. I listen to a lot of soundtracks. I listen to a lot of like 16-bit and uh, 8-bit era music from from like NES and Genesis. Genesis, I still think, has some of the greatest video game music of all time. So I think Facts. it's very exciting to see that they're they're starting to take the music a little bit more serious and start to get musicians curating soundtracks for games to really kind of set the, the the tone of games through their music. So it's starting first with, you know, Death Stranding, and it looks like with the PlayStation 5, they're going to be branching out to create uh, much more curated soundtracks going forward from the Sony Music Group. I know you're big into music, Devin. What, what do you think about this? I think it's cool. I think it's awesome. Long As long as it doesn't lead to situations where, oh, we can't re-release this game because X, X music is on there. And the copyright for that music is gone now. They can, the license for that music is gone now. They can't use that song anymore. Well, theoretically, because <clears throat> theoretically because it's Sony music, they wouldn't run into that issue. Because exactly. It's all music that's owned yeah. by their record label. Exactly. That's what we like to think. And like I said, <laughs> we've seen weirder things happen in, in terms of the music and stuff like that. I think it's a cool thing, though. Honestly, I, I would think that I like the fact that video games and video game music for that matter is being taken more seriously mm-hmm. because video games is arguably the number one form of entertainment in the world today like you look at the sales of um, Call of Duty and um, Grand Theft Auto games and stuff like that they surpass movies oh yeah and it's Absolutely. crazy to think that video games do make all this money but don't get the props that it deserves for that. Hey, I mean, look at Grand Theft Auto, man. It it's made $1 billion in three days, and it's still, like, literally one of the top games on MPD every month. I don't know how that's possible. It amazes me that there's still that many people that haven't played Grand Theft Auto for it to be on the top of the MPD, like, every month. Like, how is that possible? I don't know, but Rockstar has to be thinking about making GTA 6 ASAP. And man, am I excited for when they do, because GTA 5 is actually one of my favorite GTA stories ever. And this is going to be a controversial opinion, so shame me if you must, but I really oh, love no. G- 
Don't worry about that. We will. No problem. Uh, I re- we, I really loved GTA 4, aside from Cousin, let's go bowling every five minutes. I thought the story in that game was great. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed uh, it. I, I really enjoyed GTA 4 too, but yeah, I feel the same way. The, the whole dating mechanic of all the characters drove me uh, insane. The dating with the girls was fine, but like the uh, Roman needing to be like coddled every like two hours was yeah. was fantastic. Yet, spoiler alert for a ten year old game at this point, I still didn't choose to kill him off at the end of the game because who doesn't want free taxi rides halfway across the city? There you go. I mean, you could just get out and then you know off the taxi driver and take your money back yeah but see that it saves you the but then that's not fast travel at that point you're literally just driving the car at that point (laughs) Um, (laughs) and it's funny grand theft auto another game that has an amazing soundtrack like it's funny if you are one of the people who don't turn off the music in the game when you hear certain music kind of takes you back to like the game so yeah again i think this is this is like really awesome and i don't That's think awesome. rockstar is needs to worry about making grand theft auto 6 just yet because grand theft auto 5 is still selling so take your time and make the game great oh they they're probably already in development on gta 6 you gotta remember they started development on red dead 2 like <sighs> like right after uh red dead 1 and then, like, obviously it was just pre-development until GTA V finished, but they probably started the same thing with Grand Theft Auto VI, or whatever it's called, because remember, the way they did it was weird. It was GTA, like, 1, 2, 3, then Vice City, San Andreas, then they went to 4, then 5, so maybe the next game isn't titled with a number, but it's got a, a subtitle, you know? Yeah. Either way, I'll be down for some more GTA when it comes. I'll be down oh, for absolutely. that soundtrack because it's always amazing. Definitely. Oh, it's it's fantastic. I love music, but I don't really listen to it a lot. I mainly listen to it when I'm in the shower or trying to go to bed. Uh, most of the time for me, it's podcasts. So, yeah. I live my life to a soundtrack. There's always music playing. <laughs> All right. All right, Dominic Toretto. I live my life a quarter mile at a time. Absolutely. Let's go. <laughs> Okay, so, time to get into the story of the week. Oh, yeah, you mean the saddest part of my life in the last three years? Story, story, story. Woo! I do the drop for sure. <laughs> so, as has been called uh, by the naysayers, the uh, Sony delay station um, strikes yet again. So, not only did we get all of the Ubisoft games for next year delayed. Oh, yeah. But we're we, uh, still getting an Assassin's Creed game next year. You can count your stars on that. We know that's <laughs> happening. I, I, I just, I love Assassin's Creed, just so anyone who's listening doesn't get angry. Love Assassin's Creed. Got the Platinum on Odyssey. Great game. But The Last of Us 2. We got a media blitz a few weeks back. We got a release date. We got tons of hype. And then the ine- the inevitable, as far as I'm concerned, with any Naughty Dog game, this always happens as soon as they put a date on it. It has been delayed. Not only did it get delayed, like, you know, it wasn't like a couple days, it wasn't a couple weeks. It got delayed from February to May. Now, and not, not just May. It got delayed from February 21st to the end of May. Like, the literal last date in May you could release a game. Yeah. May 29th. So, the end of February to the end of May. 
me personally, I feel like, you know, The Last of Us is always a summer game. It should come out in the summer. So it, it works for me personally. I'm not worried about it. Plus, February was so far off, I wasn't even looking for it. But I know that it's been a huge blow to a lot of people who were, like, anxiously waiting and have been waiting for so long for The Last of Us 2. For us to finally get a release date and be, like, ready. Like, okay, cool. Yes, it's coming. It's here. We got a date. We're getting all this information, and then, like, the other shoe drops a few <laughs> weeks later, and now it's been delayed further out to the middle of the year. This has been something that's happened with Naughty Dog games for as far as I can remember. As soon as they get a date, they get delayed, and then they get delayed, and then they get delayed again. To the point where, like, Neil Druckmann was even like, yeah, we're not, we're not putting dates on anything anymore because inevitably they get delayed. So until we are for certain that we can hit this date, we're not putting out a release date and yet lo and behold it happens again with the last of us 2 i'm fine with games getting delayed as long as it's going to add more polish to make the game better which i'm sure this will do i think there Mm -hmm. are also a lot of fiscal year type things that also possibly cause this to move unlike the ubisoft thing where it was quality because uh ghost recon uh breakpoint was so bad they were like okay yeah we got to go back to the drawing board and push all these games back to make sure that we don't run into this again uh i just it's just it's a blow we still have games we don't have dates for like ghost of Tsushima. we don't know what implications this may have for ps5 and how that launch will happen seeing that it's coming in fall 2020 yeah and it seems like this may be put out as like the last hurrah for the PlayStation 4 before we segue into next gen. So I think it's cool because it'll go out on a high note. And then, of course, you know, inevitably, you know, a week into PlayStation 5, we'll get The Last of Us 5 remaster or Last of Us 2 remaster for PS5 or something like that. Why, why would we remaster a game that will natively play on the PS5? Because I'm sure it'll be better. It'll be, you know, it'll Probably. be whatever it is. You know. we, we, should, we, should, we should point out, this delay, to those who are hoping, does not mean that there will be multiplayer in The Last of Us Part 2. <laughs> Neil was very clear that is not coming as part of the mainstay package of The Last of Us 2. You are, you're not getting the Factions multiplayer. And I say this as someone who loved Factions. Again, I had the Platinum for The Last of Us Remastered. Great game. We are not getting Factions with Last of Us Part 2. Anybody who is hoping for that as part of this delay is going to be sorely let down. Um, this delay probably has to do with the fact that they had a February release date. Now, Naughty Dog has mentioned they would like to stop the crunch essentially with a february release date on a naughty dog game that means that if they kept that date people would be working straight through the holiday season and there would be crunch big time i do not think this means they found a huge game breaking bug or anything like that i doubt that would be reason enough to push it back i know naughty dog is known for quality if if the bug were that serious sure that could that could be the reason but i doubt it i honestly think this just has to do with making sure that they are not crunching over the holiday period more time to polish up 
more time to make sure environments are detailed the way they're supposed to be. You know, they're not... You're not running into a situation where you look at a log and you can literally see the pixels not loading or not rendering. Um, you don't you don't want that, right? Um, personally, this sucks, uh, especially with the Ubisoft games getting delayed for the year. Um, there are literally at this point now. This will probably change come BGA time. There is nothing. Releasing in the first quarter of the year until March now. Um, and that blows. But I am happy to play The Last of Us Part 2 when it launches. It is the sequel to my favorite game of all time. I am just sad that it's not coming in February. You know, I'm not, I don't, it don't bother me at all. Yeah. It's fine. I think, they all, one, they always do this. So that doesn't bother me at all in terms of how, okay, it's delayed. And if they're going to delay it and give us another masterpiece like The Last of Us was, I'm fine with that. And also, I was looking at the calendar right now. There's still going to be some pretty decent stuff to play around this time. You, you know, you got um, Dragon Ball Z Kakarot coming out in January. <laughs> then if, in, in February, you got um, Iron Man VR just the end of February. Mm-hmm. I don't have VR, so there's still nothing there. And for Xbox people, they got um, Ori and the Will of the Wisp, which is cool. And then March 3rd is Final Fantasy 7. We made yep. it. Nope. 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 <laughs> nope. Get your <laughs> anime get your anime nonsense out of here. I no, just, I, think- I just, anybody who enjoys Final Fantasy will enjoy it. Uh, actually, one of my favorite uh, actors is voicing Sephiroth in the remake, so. But they got some games coming out around that time, and I think Having The Last of Us be that last big hurrah is perfect. Yeah. It's going to be a perfect crescendo to PlayStation 4 and kind of give you the power and the greatness of that system. And I'm fine with that. I think the more time they need with it, the better. Because I don't want them to mess up this game. Especially yeah. if, the, if it's going to be the last Last of Us game, I want it to go out on a high note. Right. So I'm super excited for it. And I think, I trust Naughty Dog. And I don't say that about a lot of companies. But if one company I think is going to get it right all the time, it's Naughty Dog. Like, even their bad games are incredible. Yeah. And Neil put out in the blog post, he said, um, However, it was during these last few weeks, as we were closing out sections of the game, that we realized we simply didn't have enough time to bring the entire game up to a level of polish we would call Naughty Dog quality. At this point, we were faced with two options, compromise parts of the game or get more time. We went with the latter, as this new release date allows us to finish everything to our level of satisfaction while also reducing stress on the team. So as Haley stated, trying to eliminate that crunch, which I think is an excellent thing to do. Give people the time they need without forcing them into tunnel vision to get this game. Because that also leads inevitably to bugs and other issues because you're so laser focused and probably exhausted that you're missing things. So I think giving them yeah. the time they need and being able to get that level of quality and polish is important. It's important for the team to have that morale going into it, not knowing that they don't have to to crunch as hard and that they have the time they need to fully realize their vision. I think that's important. And I'm glad that they put this out sooner than later. So like it probably would have hurt even more if we would have got this news in December or in January. I think that 
it comes as a blow, but it's much softer when it's like, you know what? We just put our date and eh, let's let's change that up real quick. So the fact that they got they got this out as soon as they did, I think actually in the long run is probably better than if we would have gotten this news a month out, two months out from release. Yeah. Yeah. More power just, to it, man. Just just Definitely. sucks, you know, like I was looking so forward to February, but this is what's best for the team, so you know. I can wait, y- y- you know. Yep, and you'll get a better game because of it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Just yeah. play Final Fantasy VII, oh. you'll be fine. No, I will not play <laughs> Final Fantasy VII. Get your nerd nonsense out of here. I will definitely be playing Final Fantasy VII. It's going to be and, great and to play you that both, and then lead right into Last of Us 2. It's going to be yeah, awesome. Yeah, you both Perfect. enjoy that. I should also point out, for anyone hoping, this does not mean that Ghost of Tsushima will suddenly drop in February. Um, that's yeah, not no. how that works. That's literally not how that works. This does impact Sony's fiscal year for 19, though. Um, for 19... Yeah. Fiscal year 19, yeah. Yeah, yeah this does impact their... Their, uh, their fiscal year because it was dropping at the end of it. Uh-huh. Uh, however, this means they will have more lead-in for twenty for fiscal year 20. Um, however, uh, Ghost of Tsushima will not be a PS5 launch title, as people are hoping. Um, th- now, I'm just taking this from Schreier, who reputable source. Uh, of course, don't know him personally. I don't think any of us do. But he's very well known for his. Okay, thanks, Delvin. <laughs> he is he is very well, very well versed in this stuff. Um, he is the one who broke the news that he was he- that we were hearing that the Last of Us Part Two would be delayed. Um, he's very well known for sourcing his stuff. Um, he has stated that because of this delay, Ghosts will be pushed back later into the year. But it will not be a PS5 launch title. Uh, it will still launch on PS4. Um, now, whether it's a cross-generation game, as we called a bunch of games last generation from the Switch over, over, I do not know. But uh, I'm going to expect Ghosts to launch August sometime. Because that gives them enough time to make sales from it. And then launch the PS4 around November. Because we all know they are not launching the PS5 in December. You launch it in December, you lose all momentum for it. Uh, November is the absolute latest you can launch a console um, and actually have it succeed uh, at that point in time. Um, other than that, like, there's nothing really big PlayStation exclusive-wise coming for PS4. Like that, This is it. Last of Us and Ghosts. And, yeah. of course, Colin keeps saying there's one that they haven't announced, but Personally, I think that's being pushed to PS5. Just because he keeps mentioning that they haven't announced it yet, I think they're going to wait for that for, for PS5. So, I don't really I don't really know. Where where do you guys think Ghost will launch? Uh, I don't... Yeah, I, I, I think it'll guess. be yeah late in the year, August, September, somewhere around there. And I just really... I'm curious as to what that's going to do with... How they how they how they plan to tackle the cross gen stuff? Like, will it be you just pop the disc in and it's fine? Do you have to pay for additional features for PS for the PS5 to work? You know, I'm really curious because if that's the case, if Ghost is is coming out in September and then the PlayStation launches in November, do you just wait? 
You know, what games are you willing to just skip and wait and play on PS5 instead of getting the PS4 version? Does it really even matter? You know? Yeah. It's interesting. Whenever you get the end of a generation leading into a new one, how games work, especially if it's supposed to be backwards compatible with all PS4 stuff. And it'll be really interesting to see how that all plans out and how it works. But uh, I'm good with the delay. I'm still excited for the game. Doesn't change my excitement level for it at all. Um, I'm glad that it gives them the time that they need to make it better. And it just gives me more time to play uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake when it comes out. So, <laughs> And then Avengers when that drops in uh, April. Yes. Avengers drops in May. It's May, May 15th. I don't think it was April. Either way. It's going to be interesting. I'll be honest, though. I don't think Avengers is meeting its last date. It's so far out from now. I, I I would think that they've been working on it long enough that it should meet that date, especially since it's so far out. I think if it was going to get delayed, they probably would have announced it with all the rest of the delays that we just got hit with. But um, we'll see what happens. My favorite thing was people on Twitter going, what's getting delayed next? Cyberpunk? Yeah. And I'm like, y'all are crazy if you think they're delaying Cyberpunk. They... That game was delayed internally twice. There's no way they're delaying it externally a third time. They might. It wouldn't uh, shock them. CD Projekt Red does what they want. They they do, which is why they're. I wouldn't say they're Naughty Dog with their dates, but like they they literally in all most of the reveal trailers go coming when it's ready. Yeah. They yeah. view it as ready enough to have given it a date. I don't think it's getting moved from that date. Hmm. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Okay. So, we've got some games coming out this week. Uh, not a whole lot of stuff coming. Uh, I think Very everything. excited for one of them, though. Uh, so, a couple of notables that are coming out this week. Uh, we got After Party, where you get very, to... Uh, very go, excited for that. Yeah, drink. <laughs> Try drink, to drink the drink devil under the, the table. Devil. So, uh, that one I think is going to be fun. Should note, I might be a little biased on that game. Uh, a lot of pierces in it, so. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. Didn't know that. Yep. Yeah. Then you also have the Disney classic games. The uh, <laughs> Lion King and the Aladdin are being re-released. That's or, cool. Yeah. That takes me back. That's got the nostalgia feel for when I played them on Genesis and Super Nintendo. So that, that's cool. I think a lot of people will be excited to play that and see that. And then oh, we've got for those who don't know, War. Let me clear that up for people. For those who don't know, it's both versions of the game. Yeah. No, all versions of the game. It's the Genesis mm-hmm. version, the um, Super Nintendo version, and I think it's the Game Gear version too. Yeah. It's, it's every version of those games coming out. So it's technically two games, but it's all versions of those two games, and they're completely different. Yeah, they are. It's so crazy how how different those games were <laughs> on the respective systems. And yes. how, like, you have a cult following for each one. Everybody's like, no, Aladdin is best on Genesis. No, Aladdin is better on Super Nintendo. It's just so funny how you have that back and forth from, from that era. But I think that's going to be a title that a lot of people are going to, you know, be excited to kind of relive. Um, and especially since you get to, like, compare and contrast, like, both versions of the game, I think that'll be great. Yeah, definitely. And then last, oh, yeah, the sure. other notable, Yakuza 4 Remastered is, is coming out this week as well. Get um, get your get your weeb nonsense out of here. <laughs> <laughs> People love their Yakuza games. I have they, yet to they, play one, but they it do. is popular. They're so. great. All all they I will note games. 
All I will note is that I've never played one, but I saw a clip of one where you could go into a store and just destroy shelving by running into it. <laughs> Something like that, yeah. It's, yeah. The, the, just, the games are fun, <laughs> great. I recommend any everybody to try those games. If you like the Grand Theft Auto games, you want something like that, but Tokyo based and mm, yeah, they so are great. so weeb nonsense. Mm. <sighs> yeah, I I just I just enjoy what you enjoy. <laughs> it doesn't matter to me what you play as long as we all keep playing games. That's what we're here for, right? Absolutely. So that is gonna do it for the episode. Do it for episode three. Um. We hope you enjoyed yourself. Please feel free to holler at us. Give us a follow over on the Twitters at PlayStation XP. Stop by our PSV just Discord and just join us in our conversation. Um, I'd like to have the PlayStation room as lit as Nintendo Shack, so please come. Talk. Enjoy. Um, and uh, let the people know where they can find you and what you're working on, Delvin. You can find me on Twitter at Delvin underscore Cox. Check out the Delvin Cox Experience. Check out games you don't play, and check out it. Shoot all everything else. Check out PSVG. PSVG has some excellent podcasts on the network, and I highly recommend these podcasts that they have. Um, let me just give out one right now. Check out Board with Video Game. Board yeah. with Games. That is a great one. Great one. Absolutely, absolutely. And Haley, what about you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Shepherd Zarel, uh, and on your gaming platform of choice at Haley Zarel. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at HaleyZRL. I do not use it that often, but if you choose to follow me there, enjoy. Uh, when I do post, you'll know. Um, you can also find me on Facebook at Haley Nicole Miller. Uh, and uh, what I'm working on is probably more Outer Worlds. Uh, you know, recovering from having a futon dropped on my chest at work on Monday, so that's cool. Oh, sounds fun. Uh, yeah, I don't really want to get into it, but uh, that coworker and I do not see eye to eye anymore. Uh, <laughs> he hit me with a skid last night too, and uh, dropped his chemical skid on me. So, yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. So, um, and then yeah, he he laughed about it too. So, who are you with, uh, Bray Wyatt? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do not want to mention names because somebody from work listens to this podcast, and if I do, I can get in trouble. Uh, <laughs> might get an RKO at work one day. Yeah, let's not RKO <laughs> this. I walked into work yesterday, and he was walking around with a mallet. So yeah, <laughs> sounds like you're on the WWE backlot. Like what's going uh, on? <laughs> apparently, uh, yeah, no. But like I was saying, more Outer Worlds probably, um, and uh, hoping I can afford that uh, that after party this week. Nice. So. You can find me at Deve Tyus on Twitter. Um, also, listen to the uh, Stadia podcast on our network here. We just recorded an episode yesterday getting ready for the Stadia launch. So feel free to listen to that show as well as all of the other fine shows on the PSVG network. And with that, long live play. Peace. Okay. We can stop our recording, right? Yeah, okay, cool. PlayStation.